Welcome everyone live from Harvester Technical College in Melbourne, Australia. You're listening to our Gambling Harm podcast on Live FM. My name is Nicholas Vassilopoulos and I'm the and our co-hosts co-hosts today are Lucas, Jacob, Noah and Leo. Our special guest today is Callie from IPC Health, Gambler's Health Program. So, Kelly, what inspired you to work in the industry? Thanks for having me today, guys. Um, So, initially, I was actually working as a drug and alcohol counsellor. So, I was helping people with substance use issues. I actually moved into gambling because I wanted to try something different. Um, I had a a few friends that were affected by gambling and some family members that um, I was aware of. And um, it actually really interested me because um, it's just not known. People don't talk about gambling issues and gambling harm. And so I think it's just something that I was actually getting really passionate about. So that's why I sort of moved into that field. Yeah. Uh, that, did you ever need to, um, like, did you ever want to be like, like IPC health? Do you ever want to be like one of those? What, did I ever want to be what, sorry? Uh, IPC, like help for gambling people, like helping gambling. Yeah, I actually wasn't something that I was interested in when I first started my career, but um, I really enjoy it now. It's um, something that I really enjoy doing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what is your main role in the IPC health um, community? Yeah, so my job is a therapeutic counsellor. Um, so I work specifically with people um, who are experiencing gambling harm. Um, I also work with affected others, so anybody that's impacted by their loved one's gambling behaviour. Um, and the people that I usually work with are, are over the age of 18. Um, what, what is the process when someone comes in? Yeah, sure. So generally um, the process would be that they would give intake a call um, sometimes we get referrals through the Gambler's Help system. But when we um, meet people, we obviously would sit and, and talk to them about what their goal is. Yep. Okay, so some people might want to make changes to their gambling by just reducing it so it's a bit more responsible um, and other people might want to stop their gambling completely. So we would basically be working with them around ways to achieve that goal. Okay, um, and in, uh, in some instances we would make um, appropriate referrals as well, but we would work around the gambling itself. Um, so what's triggering the gambling? Um, what are some other alternatives that they might be able to implement in order to, to stop those gambling urges? Um, and we would really explore those gambling thoughts that they're having, those ir- irrational gambling thoughts. Um, have you like... Uh, when you were with someone, have you ever had someone pull out midway through the process? Yeah, look, some people um, might be attending counselling for the wrong reasons. Um, I think you really need to be committed and motivated to attend counselling and you've got to be truthful and you've got to have, you want to have to be open. Um, if you're going to come to counselling and not be completely open and not be committed, it's sort of not going to work for you um and it's a big deal to be able to make such a huge change in your life to say i'm going to stop or change my gambling behavior because if you're going to stop something that you've been doing for a long time it's going to obviously impact on you and you need to have something else to fall back on yeah when someone comes in is that conversation confidential and do you have to report anything that they say 
Yeah, absolutely. So, look, majority of what we talk about in counselling is kept confidential. There are a few limitations which um, because of duty of care to that person. Um, so if someone says that they're going to harm themselves or anyone else, um, if they have kids in their care under the age of 16 that might be at risk, we then have to report. Um, or if myself or their file gets subpoenaed to court at any stage, um, in those instances we can't keep anything confidential. But the, the person's usually told that at the beginning of the session, so they are aware. Um, and definitely, generally we don't work specifically with people in crisis. So if somebody's actively suicidal, um, we wouldn't specifically work with them. We would then make sure that they get their appropriate uh, mental health services first before coming back to our service. Yeah. Uh, okay. Can teenagers talk to um, with like the gambling? Yeah, so generally if they're 18 or above, they can come to our service, yeah. But um, I would be encouraging them to call the Gamblers Help Youth line instead and um, check the referral process through that service instead, yeah. How can we help people with gambling issues? How we can help them? We can um, support them to talk about it more, yeah. Um, There's a lot of stigma associated with gambling behaviour. There's a lot of fear, embarrassment, and people don't want to talk about it because they think that it's something they need to be able to deal with them by themselves. Um, So I think just having that conversation and being supportive and open, I think that that, that's always going to be encouraged. Yeah. Um, When you... Um, when someone's trying to stop someone to um, gamble, mm. what are some ways that you give them some advice? Yeah. So generally when we talk about trying to stop gambling, we would first talk about what the reason behind the gambling is. Yeah, so people gamble for different reasons. Um, sometimes people start gambling for one reason but then get caught up in it and they commence continue to gamble for another reason. Um, so sometimes people continue to try to chase their losses if they continually lose. Um, there's other people that gamble as a means of trying to escape reality. So there might be something stressful going on in their life so they could turn to gambling as a way of coping with that. So generally we would get them to look at the reasons for their gambling behaviour and we would explore that a bit more. But on top of that, we would also look at other things that we can do that they can focus on in their lives. So gambling's not going to be the most prominent thing in their life. Um, How long does it take to stop gambling for someone? Yeah, that's a really difficult question, I think. Um, When it comes to gambling, we'd say that you're always in recovery. Yeah, so it's always something that's going to be there for the rest of your life. Whether or not you have those thoughts on a daily basis or those urges to gamble, that might not come up for you. And I think it would get easier as time goes on, but, um, yeah, we, this, it's not something you can definitely put a time limit on, unfortunately. Yeah. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to our Gambling Harm podcast on Live FM live from Harvest the Technical College in Melbourne, Australia. My name is Nicholas Vassilopoulos and my co-hosts today are Lucas, Jacob, Leo and Noah. And our special guest today is Callie from IPC Health. Um, So Callie, um, what does a client feel when they come and see you? Um, I think every client would be different. a lot of them that do walk through those doors, they do do feel a lot of shame, um, embarrassment and, and a lot of fear. You know, a lot of them present with low mood, 
um, anxiety and stress. Um, and then there's other people that come because they're being pressured to. So their partners told them they need to come or the relationship's going to break down. Or there are others that might come because they've got they've been court ordered, for example. Um, so everybody's got different reasons. So it's important to note that majority of the clients that do come through the door are voluntary clients. Yeah, so you only share what you're willing to share with somebody um, and it's completely up to them how much they want to participate in the counselling process. Yeah. Yeah. Um, where do someone – where does someone find you to talk? Like where can they find you? Yeah, there's a couple of different ways they can get referred to our service. So um, I think the, the way, the easiest way would be to call Gambler's Help, um, a phone call. So that's a 1-800 number, 1-800-858-858. If you talk to a trained counsellor on the other end of the phone, they can actually put that referral into your closest service. Yeah, so I'm um, IPC Health covers Brimbank, Wyndham, Maribyrnong, Footscray. Um, so we cover a large part of Melbourne. So um, if people located in that service, they would see one of the councillors within our team. Yeah. Um, what about the other services, like in the other... In the other areas? Yeah, in the other areas. Yeah. Where, where do they find... Yeah. So if you if you still call the Gamblers Help one eight hundred number, if you're not sure of what health service you should be going to, they can refer that refer you on to them, um, and they can do all that paperwork for you, and then you just wait for that phone call. Yeah. Are the services you provide free? They are free. Yeah. Yep. yep. So the services that we provide are free. Um, they're unlimited. You know, so people can attend counselling for as long as they need to. Um, we also offer financial counselling as part of the Gambler's Help program. So um, a financial counsellor would work specifically with that person around their financial issues and supporting them with that um, in addition to my role as a therapeutic counsellor. Yeah. yeah. Is there any way people can contact you or the company you work for? Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I work for IPC Health. So you can jump on the IPC Health website and there's a phone number there um, and you can call there. There's also an email which you can um, email our intake officer there um, and someone would return your call. And what is the most satisfying part of your job? Look, I love um, different aspects of my job. I obviously work as a counsellor specifically, so I do get to work with individuals and couples, but I also get to go out to schools and community groups and talk to people out in the community about my role, which I also enjoy, which is what I'm doing now. Um, so um, and that, I think that's great because that's really focusing on prevention and getting the word out there about gambling harm, whereas a lot of the work I do in the counselling role is – working with people who generally are in crisis you know they've they've come and um their marriage has broke down or they can't afford to feed themselves or their children they um don't have anywhere to live um and so they're really at that crisis point and sometimes that can be really hard to work with as well so yeah I've, there's a lot of different aspects of it but i i get to see those people that you know you can see the changes along the way and that that's really nice to see as well you know that especially those people that walk through the door and they're they counting on their hand how long they've been abstinent from gambling you know so is it um when you go to school do you bring a smile to your face like when you get to see (laughs) kids and talk to them absolutely i think um if i didn't if it didn't i wouldn't be doing this job yeah 
that's all we've got time for today. Thank you very much, Kelly. It's been a pleasure talking to you live from Harvest the Technical College in Australia. You've been listening to our gambling podcast live on Live FM. My name is Nicholas Vassilopoulos. And my co-hosts today were Lucas, Jacob, Noah, and Leo. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you found this information today very useful. Until next time, have a great day. Thanks, guys. Check it out, y'all. How did life get so hard? All you want to do is go back to the start and take another shot to avoid this mess. You live a new way where there ain't no stress. Well... Welcome to the planet Earth. We're all trying our best to avoid the hurt. But man, it's really only a matter of time before somebody you love's gonna cross the line and leave you all alone.